0: up our holy hands without wrath and doubting right now and begin to magnify and glorify Your name. Lord, that You would have Your way, Lord Jesus. We just want Your will to be done, O God. We just want Your will to be done. We want You to be glorified in everything that's said today and everything that's done today, that we would not receive the glory, but that You would receive all of the glory. Father, that You would receive all of the honor. Lord, that You would receive all of the praise that you would receive all of the adoration, O oh God, we honor you, Lord Jesus, with our bodies, with our voices, and with our hearts, with our very innermost being, O oh God, we magnify you, Lord, we glorify you, we honor you, Lord Jesus, worthy are you, Lord Jesus, you're so worthy, Lord, you're so worthy, God. We bow our hearts down before You. We bow our hearts and our minds and our spirits down before You, God. Oh, before Your throne and before Your presence, O oh God. Lord, that Your presence fill this place, O oh God. Fill this place with Your presence. Fill this place with Your power and Your glory. Hallelujah. We honor You, Lord. We praise You, Lord Jesus. Let's clap our hands to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. David, who was a king. David, who was a king, when the Ark of the Covenant was being brought back into the city, he wanted—he so wanted to honor God, he, came, he, he undressed right down into his skivvies, and he marched through town in front of that thing and embarrassed his wife. But he wasn't about to take any glory, even though he was the king. He was humbling Himself. We need to humble ourselves before the mighty God. He gave us breath. You might think you woke yourself up today, but I'm here to tell you, you didn't. He woke you up this morning. He started you on your way. He clothed you with a right mind and a right spirit. You woke up with no nothing on your conscience He allowed your heart to beat and your lungs to work all night while you slept. He allowed you to wake up and your eyes to still be able to see and your ears to still be able to hear. And you could put both feet on the ground and feel the ground under your feet. You could feel the cold when you walked outside. He's he's been so good to us already. We He deserves the glory and the honor and the praise. He deserves it. Can we praise him one more time this morning? Jesus, we love you. Father, we honor you, Lord. We are not our own. We are bought with a price, Lord. You took the stones. You took the beating, O God. You took the stripes. You allowed yourself to be beaten half to death. You allowed yourself to be crucified. You allowed your blood to pour out. You cried as it were great drops of blood, Lord. In the name of Jesus, you took all of that on yourself for us. Father, we honor you today. We worship you today. We magnify you today. Hallelujah. Break some strongholds in this place. Break some strongholds in this place today. Break some strongholds in this place today. Have your way among your people today. Have your way in my heart, God. I want you to talk to me today, God. I want you to have your way in my heart. I want you to convict me today, God. Bring strong conviction upon me, O God. Help me, O God, to be saved today. Help me, O God, to be delivered, O God. Have your way in this place, O God. Have your way in this place, O God. If we could clap our hands one more time in Jesus' name. in here, Sister Linda? Hallelujah, she said. <laughs> Praise God! It's warm up here. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is so good to us. Hallelujah. We sometimes, I think, we take it for granted that we get up every day and we have money in the bank and and groceries in our cupboard and cars in the driveway and And we just take it for granted. And I'm telling you, I got it. Every day I get up, I I have to tell myself, this isn't mine. This isn't my house. These aren't my vehicles, God. This isn't my life. You own everything. He owns it all. What did Job say? The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. He might be blessing you with something right now, but he might there might come a time in your life where he sees that that blessing it might be starting to become a curse in your life, and he might just take it away from you. We look at it in the natural sometimes and think, well, why did the bank repossess my car, or whatever happened? But we don't realize that God is in the the midst of that. When Jesus was about to be born, there was a guy that God used named Caesar Augustus. And he made a declaration and a proclamation that what? All the world should be taxed. That wasn't just happenstance. That wasn't just the norm for the government of that day. That was God's vessel being used to orchestrate a situation where Mary and Joseph would have to go to the place where Jesus would need to be born in a barn. And that's how God moves His church. Don't believe it? Ever heard of a guy named Saul? (laughs) He was just like just like that great Caesar. He was sent to disrupt the church. To get them out of their comfort zone. That's what Caesar Augusta did. He got everybody out of their comfort zone. He started moving his pieces around on his chessboard in such a way as to get Jesus and Mary and Joseph in the right place at the right time. You don't think he'll do that for you? He'll do that for you. When you think you don't belong somewhere, you better start thinking again if you're a child of God. Everything in your life is for a reason. Everything. If you're here today, it's for a reason. For God's reason. We have to acknowledge that. Lord, thank you for blessing me with all this stuff. And I don't ask Him to just let me keep it. I say, Lord, if you want to take it tomorrow, it's yours anyway, take it. If you don't think I need it, take it. If it's going to keep me from being saved, take it. Whatever it is. Amen. But, you know, as He's blessing us, I pray every day, Lord, help me to keep it right Mindset about what it is that you bless me with. Help me never to forget that it's just, it's I'm a steward of it. I'm just stewards of it. Help me to be a good steward of your blessings, whether it's physical, financial, health, whatever that is. Whatever that is. And help me to be a good steward of the challenges and the trials and the tests and the pain and the suffering and all the pain, problems, and pressure that you put in my life. We've heard it enough times from this man, myself, and this man and others. God never promised you a rose garden in this. If anything, (laughs) you signed up for battle. (laughs) and There's going to be some injuries in some battles. Some guys are going to have to be carried to the back and, and doctored up and sent back to the front again. And so we are in this for the fight. Amen? That's what we're here about today. So continuing on with exploring God's Word, we kind of left off on uh, the slide in, in the area in, ver- in Lesson 9 uh, that was called From the Old Man to the New Man. From the Old Man to the New Man. So the new birth that's in us it's the new birth that's in us. It's not an external thing. It's in us. He's in us. In the new birth, right? It's the beginning. Just like the birth of a child is just the beginning. You're not a little baby anymore, are you? <laughs> Thank goodness, right? You didn't know it, but when you were in diapers, it was a mess. <laughs> But you know what we get new converts in here. they're little babies, and they're they might be in spiritual diapers for a while and not saying that we're a daycare, but we got to be we got to be willing and ready and able and have the compassion to be able to understand that we're still dealing with babies and babies need special attention until they grow to be toddlers and then they grow to be adolescent just like we did. So the new birth is just the beginning. And Sister Bell, we never stop growing. Never stop learning. We have a joke at work. If we learn something new, we get to take the day off. We don't really get to take the day off, but that's kind of the running joke. Oh, I learned something. I'm taking the rest of the day off. Because we're always learning something. In IT, we're always learning something new because they're always changing stuff. Oh, well, we used to do it that way, but now we can't do it that way anymore because Microsoft changed how they do it. So everybody in IT has to just dump all their notes that they had on how to do that one thing and had start a whole new set of notes because they just changed the whole thing. And everybody, all 1,300 employees at the VA are going, they're having a conniption fit, and so we got to try to get out ahead of them. So it looks like we already know what's going on. <laughs> we do pretty good most of the time but you know what I'm saying and it's something beautiful in us this new birth it's still a new birth even if we've been in this thing 33 years it's still a new birth God's still working my body's still growing it's still aging it's, there's things still happening I'm still learning stuff every day let the learning never stop I don't ever, I don't want to get stagnated, do you? Hallelujah. Come on in, Marquise. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Colossians 3 and 3 says, For you're dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. So it's kind of like, if you want to look at it like, there's a gravestone there where Jesus, where they bury Jesus. And you're standing, you're hiding behind Jesus. You're hid with Christ. They don't see you. They're not supposed to. They're supposed to see Him in you. I don't know what it is about that guy. I don't know what it is about that girl. I love when they say that. Because <laughs> in my mind I'm going, I do just ask. Please just ask. Just ask the question. Why are you so different? Or whatever they say. That's your invitation to start talking about your testimony. Well, I don't know about you, but I was empty. I was so empty. I was trying to fill it with everything. Nothing worked. I was just even no. I drank and it didn't help, and I smoked and it didn't help, and I did this and did that and it didn't help. And, and and you ever felt like that, you know? And that's how you talk to them, you know. And you say, but man, one day I went to a church service and I felt something and it started filling that thing, that spot in me that that like nothing ever did. Wouldn't you like to, you know? That's how you can do it. Just kind of like, wouldn't you love to have a piece of kind of what's your favorite pie? Wouldn't you love to have a piece of lemon meringue pie right now? Mm-hmm. Anybody else? We don't. We don't have any, but Linda's Bakery is right down the road. So, Hallelujah! It's all about hunger. But We're hid with Him. First Corinthians six nineteen through twenty says, "What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you?" The rhetorical question. What you have of God and you're not your own? Let's not read over that. You're not your own. You're not your own. That means you don't get to have a say. That means every decision you make is based on, Lord, how would you want me to do this? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to say, Lord? Not... Here's a good idea that I came up with, God. We're going to do it this way. Would you bless it? He might and he might not. It wasn't his idea. Because he might not want us to do it that way in our life regarding a lot of things. For you are bought with a price. Boy, he paid a price. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. Still can't. Those words to that song have powerful meaning to them. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. It's your spirit. You have a human spirit. It's your spirit. It's your will. Right? He gave us a free will. He made us free moral agents, right? So you glorify God in in that thing you you gave it over to him when you when you stood at an altar and repented and laid all that stuff down on the altar and he filled you with the holy ghost and you took on his name in water baptism you gave it all away you gave away the store you don't belong to you anymore <clears throat> so we're dead and that we put that old life behind us and I'll just tell you with me, it didn't all happen just in one fell swoop. It took time. It took time. God worked on me. I didn't lay it all down all at once. But as he convicted me about stuff, I laid it down. Because I knew that was God. Because no man of God ever told me, this, is this, and this. These are all the things. Here's a list of things you've got to do now. The day I got the Holy Ghost. They never did that. Thank God they didn't. Amen. So we're we're laying down our old life, we're taking on that new life and that new relationship with him. You know, if you spend a lot of time with somebody, you'll they say that husbands and wives that have been married a long time start looking like each other. Have you ever heard that? Cuz you just spend time with somebody long enough, you'll start picking up each other's little you know, things that you do and say and little actions that you do and you'll start finishing each other's sentences and all kinds of stuff like that, right? That's how our relationship with God needs to be. So close that just, you know, you look like somebody I know. You ever hear anybody say, (laughs) I hear it all the time and I go, yeah, I got a twin. (laughs) Have you met? Yeah, that's usually what it is. Oh, I didn't know he had a twin. They think they're talking to him in the Walmart, and they're not. It's, it's embarrassing for them. I'm just laughing about it. But you ever had that happen? I want, I want people to ask that. Don't you? You look like somebody I know. Well, you don't know him, but you'd like to know him, wouldn't you? He bound us to himself when he paid that price. Wouldn't you agree? He bound us to himself. Thank God he did that. That new nature that is now in us gives us his power. Just like that son when he came back to his father from being gone and wallowing in the pigs. His father gave him the robe, the ring, shoes, everything. He had all the power and authority of the father. That's what happened to us. He gave us all authority and power and dominion. He put the ring on our finger. It's his power, but he allows us to exercise it on this earth. And he expects us to. To live above, He gave us the power to live above the weakness of our sinful nature. That thing we got from Adam that we're born with. Right? We're born with it. It never goes away. Not until we die. You always have that sin nature with you. It's, it's in you. It's part of who you are. But He gives us power. And for the last 33 years, He's given me the power to live above that sin nature. And to know when that sin nature is trying to rise up in me, because the enemy doesn't stop tem- tempting you and testing you because you got the Holy Ghost. I'm sorry. He just comes at you with everything he's got after that, because he don't want you to stay that way. I gotta get you a copy of that. Trophies of Hell. That guy's dad preached for thirty some odd years, and one day walked up in a church service and preached his last message and. Closed his Bible, pulled out a piece of paper, and read his resignation letter and walked out the door. T.G. McNeely. His dad walked out the door on a Sunday. On, on Sunday night, he was in the bar. Just like that. How in the world does that happen? He was Holy Ghost-filled, water-baptized. How does that happen? Because we still got this. But we keep it under submission, the Bible says. How do we do that? Not by human effort. We got to make a commitment. Talked about commitment yesterday. I'm going to serve the Lord. He saved me. He delivered me. He filled me with his spirit. I'm going to follow his way now. You shut up, flesh. Amen. The works of the flesh. And we're going to kind of preface this. Uh, we're going to be going into Galatians where it talks about the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. But I'm going to preface this by reading verse 17 of Galatians 5. And I'm going to read it in the Amplified. And it goes like this. For the sinful nature has its desires which is opposed. The sinful nature has its desire which is opposed to the Spirit. Capital S, Spirit, Spirit of God. And the desire of the Spirit opposes the sinful nature. Anybody feel that sometimes? Every day? There's a battle. For those two sinful nature, the sinful nature and the spirit are in direct opposition to each other. Continually in conflict. This, The Amplified is closer to the original Greek of what the scripture says, as far as I know. So that you, as believers, do not always do whatever good things you want to do. Didn't we hear somebody else talk about that? Same guy that wrote this book, I think. Apostle Paul, right? So there's a battle. And when you're teaching that Bible study, when you're talking to that individual at the coffee shop, when you're when you're just testifying to them, you you have to understand in your mind there there there's a battle going on. And they're just like I said earlier, they're trying to find that place, that thing to fill that void in them, and they're filling it with trying to fill it with everything, and they're not succeeding at all. You've got what they need. You've got the words of eternal life, right? Don't we? We have it. Not that we're special, but we know what it took. We had to go to an altar and repent. We had to feel the conviction of God. We had to go through all those steps, and they have to, too. But with compassion and love that God puts in us for lost souls, we can just share that love. We don't have to lead them to the altar right now, but we can get them there, step by step. Let God lead you. Galatians five nineteen through 21 says this in the Amplified. Now, the practices of the sinful nature, or the flesh, are clearly evident. They are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, total irresponsibility and lack of control, idolatry, including prostitution as part of pagan rituals. I might, be, I might have inserted some of this from another translation. Sorcery, hostility, strife, jealousy. Wow, that's kind of describing our society today, isn't it? Fits of anger. Disputes. Dissensions, which are disagreements or differences of opinion. Facts. Facts, excuse me, factions that promote heresies. Envy, drunkenness, riotous behavior, and other things. So this isn't the exhaustive list, is it? Well, it's not on that list, so I'm good, right? (laughs) That's not how it works. That's why Paul said, And other things like these. I warn you beforehand, as I did previously, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he's telling this to the church in Galatia. So he's telling this to us today. So I just... Sister Bell, I just don't practice those things anymore. God convicted me of that. He delivered me of that a long time ago. And every time the enemy tries to come at me and try to tempt me to do some of that stuff, all I do is remind him, hey, God already delivered me of that. Leave me alone. And he does. Resist the devil. You do it however you want to do it. I just talk to him like he's an idiot. Because he is. <laughs> Yes. The Bible says if he had if he had known who it was he was about to crucify, he'd have never done it. Isn't that what the Bible says? I'm paraphrasing. That's what it says. So he's an idiot. He did the very thing he wasn't supposed to do. <laughs> so we're serving the God that I mean, there is no God and the devil are not equals, okay? Let me just tell you right now. They're not having a wrestling match, arm wrestling match to see who wins. (laughs) If you remember, God created Lucifer, and then He kicked him out of hell. So there is no, there's no equality between God and the devil. Just let me get that out of the way right now. (laughs) That's what I mean. Thank you, Wayne. Is a person that that has experienced the salvation experience of repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking other tongues capable of practicing or involving themselves in such things? Are they? Yep. Sadly, it happens a lot. People that have lived in this their whole life, all of a sudden one day just turn around and walk away. And it grieves me, Sister Parker. It grieves me like, what? <laughs> I came out of that world. There's nothing back there you want. Nothing. Nothing fills this. Nothing. Why are you leaving? The only good thing that there ever was and ever will be on this earth. But they do it. Why? Because they have a free, free moral agency. They can make their own decisions. They shall. The Bible says they shall have their reward. Right? Fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit, the res, and this is in the Amplified again, the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us. It's key right there. That's a key right there. Is love, unselfish concern for others. Joy, imparted by the Holy Spirit. I added that. Inner peace. Patience not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of waiting going on with God sometimes. <laughs> Brother Doan used to say all the time, We pray, God answers, but details take time. You gotta wait for God to work out the details. You don't know what you don't know how He's gonna get you to the end of the answer to your prayer. You just wait on God. He'll get you there. Amen? Gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who, bring, who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature together with its passions and appetites. I'm not listening to my desires and appetites to do certain things anymore. I'm listening to the Holy Ghost in my spirit. Talking about the fruit of the Spirit. If you break that down in English, if you do, anybody ever done science sentence diagramming? <laughs> of the Spirit is what? Shows possession. Fruit is of the Spirit. The fruit comes from the Spirit, not from us. You can't manufacture fruit. Well, you can, but it's not the same fruit as the fruit of the Spirit. You can try to manufacture something that looks like the fruit of the Spirit, but that's not the point, is it? We receive God's Spirit in us; it's Him working in us and through us to give us that ability. If we just, work, if we operate in the Spirit, if we think. And we, and we move in the Spirit, God will give us the ability to love. God will give us the ability to do all these things in the Holy Ghost. You might not be a gentle person, but He'll give you gentleness. You might not be a person that's accustomed to exercising self-control in your life. You might have lived a life where you never exercised self-control, but somehow or some way, by the amazing power of the Holy Ghost, God allows you to start operating in in the realm of self-control that you never could do before. And you couldn't do it by your flesh before, so what makes you think you're going to do it by your flesh now? Right? It's it's God's spirit. We don't produce the fruit. It's of the spirit. Right? <laughs> it's not by our intellect. We walk in the relationship we now have with Jesus Christ and allow Him to direct our steps, our thoughts, and our actions, even the very words that we say. Our goal, out of uh, out of a love for Him, should be to do whatever pleases Him. This is what you're telling that new convert. This is what you're telling that person. You're testifying. Whatever your testimony is, I used to struggle with this. Uh, You just got to be real with people, right? You just got to be real with people. I used to, man, I I know how you feel. I used to be on drugs. I know how you feel. I used to smoke marijuana. I know, man, I've been there. But look at me. If God can save me, I was a rank sinner. I I was one of the worst ones. If God can deliver me, He can do it for you. He's no respecter of persons. What's one of the prerequisites for being saved? Hunger. You've got to be hungry. Thirsty. You've got to be thirsty. They that do hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. It doesn't say they in the church because we're already in the church. So they out there that do, there's people out there right now that are hungering and thirsting and they don't know what it's for. They don't know where we're at. They don't know what to do next. But they're, all they know is they're hungry and they're thirsty. And they just wish somebody would come along and help them fill that void. Because they're trying everything and it's not working. Following the Packers is not working. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I just had to say. Or the Vikings or whoever it is. you Eagles. Oh, who is it, Bob? Steelers. Those are all good things, but that's not going to fill the void in you. Not condemning those things. We are in Wisconsin, so I had to. So, we got to seek to please Him. I want to please my Father, don't you? In the natural, I wanted to please my Father. He was a hard man sometimes. But I still wanted to please my Father. I didn't like Him sometimes. Hate's a strong word. (laughs) I didn't like Him a bunch of times probably. Especially when He was whooping me. But I wanted to please my Father. We should want to please Him. Beauty of holiness. In the... the, um, In the book here, it calls it the journey of life. And I, that word's okay, I guess, but I like to refer to it as a relationship. I'm not on a journey, I'm in a relationship. I can't manufacture holiness either, Sister Bell. I can't. It's not in my, I couldn't do it when I wasn't in church, I couldn't do it when I didn't have the Holy Ghost. So what makes me think I can manufacture it now that I have the Holy Ghost? That's not the point. It's not a, it's not a hard and fast set of rules and regulations. It's not something that can be legislated. Only by Him. I was going to do a really bad thing when I first got in church. I was going to just go read my wife the riot act and tell her what she could and couldn't wear and what she did couldn't couldn't do and... And I was talking to my pastor. Thankfully, I was saying it out loud to him one day. And he looked. He stopped me right dead in my tracks and said, don't you do it. He said, you will mess things up. You just leave that alone. Let God deal with her. And I was very respectful. I was a new convert. And I said, yes, sir. I won't say a word. And I didn't. And wouldn't you know, <laughs> God did it. And we were getting up one Saturday morning, sister. Bell, Sister Parker to go to Chibana to sell a bunch of our stuff to the, the Japanese people, and she just kept walking out the door of our house with all her pants and all her stuff. Still some of it, out of the PX. Still some of it with still with tags on it. I didn't say a word. I didn't even ask. I just I would just wait till she was out of earshot, and I would just shout. <laughs> I'd go upstairs in my quarters and just yeah, woohoo! Pastor was right. When God did it, wasn't hard. Wasn't hard for her to let go of that stuff. It, matter of fact, it was probably easy. When God convicted her of that, that's in God's time. That's God's way of doing it. It works every time. Every time. So we can't get in a hurry with people. They'll get there. They'll get there. Let God work on them. He knows better than we do how to clean fish, Brother Parker. <laughs> he does. We will mess it up if we try to do it. Anyone is, that's in a close relationship or has been in a close relationship knows that there's going to be challenges. Father to son, father to daughter, husband to wife parents to grandparents. There's going to be challenges in relationship because we're all human. So it's the same thing in our relationship with God. There's going to be challenges. He's going to ask us to do stuff that we don't want to do. But I'm not going to let my relationship with Him fall or fail because He asked me to do something I don't want to do. And God's talking to us in this room today. He wants you to be activated. Anybody ever been in one of those? I, I wasn't, but there's units that are out there that are that are not activated, right? They're just they're not their their purpose and goal in life is to be activated and go do battle somewhere. Mostly it's special forces and stuff like that. But they wait for that day when they get when they get the call when they get the message that it's, that it's time to activate. They grab their gear and they go. They got like whatever time frame it is a couple hours or something to get to the airport. Right? God's trying to activate us, folks. You don't know that. I'm telling you. God's trying to activate us. He's trying to bring things into our life to get us out of our comfort zones. Cuz it's not about our comfort. I don't I don't want to be comfortable down here. Do you? Well, I do, but but you know what I mean? I want to be I'm want my. i waiting for my comfort and glory. If there's comfort down here, fine. If there isn't, that's His problem. That's His will. If I have to be uncomfortable, so be it. Because it's not about me. It's about accomplishing His will. I know this has nothing to do with the Bible study. The way of holiness is not a dress code. It's not a set of do's and don'ts. It's a willing and voluntary separation from the old life and a daily walking with and falling in love with the one who saved us and set us free. You ever try to take a piece of candy away from a kid after you give it to him? <laughs> you got to fight. <laughs> don't even tell them you're going to give them candy and then don't do it. Because they'll never forget that you said you were going to give them that candy. And God, God's not like that. He loves us. He loved you enough to save you. And He loves you enough as a parent, as a father, to correct you and scold you and do what He needs to do to get you to do right and live right and act right, doesn't He? That was the whole reason we scolded our kids, right? We admonished them, this is not the way you want to go. This is the way you want to go. It's not like we were being mean to them. We were just helping them to not go down a wrong road. I told my sons a lot of stuff that I did when I was a young man for the purpose of letting them know you don't have to make the same mistakes dad did. Okay? You got something I never had as a kid. You, got, you boys got the Holy Ghost. You guys got, you got so much more than I ever had as a, as a kid. Don't mess that up. Because I knew they were going to be tempted with stuff that I went through. So I was trying to help them. By the grace of God, they listened. Hallelujah. Becoming more like Him. Every day we walk with Him and follow His precepts. Every day we wake up. What do you want me to do today, God? I, I want My schedule says I'm going to do this, 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 and this. But my schedule don't mean anything, God, if you've got something else planned for me. And that's one of the hardest things for people when they come into this is they've got to realize that they're not in charge of their life anymore. But if you really fall in love with Him, it doesn't matter. Because you know what? What i found, if you'll do the stuff that God wants you to do when He wants you to do it, He knows you like to play golf. He knows you like to fish. He knows you like to play basketball. Whatever it is you like to do, ride your bike. He knows. So if you'll give yourself to the things that God wants you to do when He wants you to do them, don't you know He'll give you time to do the stuff you like to do? <laughs> he hasn't let me work on it. He hasn't let me work on that car for like a month and a half, and I, I'm just this close to being done with it. But every time I've tried to go out there, he's, it's like he's redirected me to something else, and I'm like, okay. When it's time for me to go back out there, he'll he'll release me to go do that. He doesn't want that thing in that garage to become the point of my the reference for my worship, if you will. He's helping me keep it in perspective, okay? And it doesn't help when I driving in this morning. Guy had a 67, 67 Chevelle. Oh, man, man, that could be me right there. but it's sitting in the garage on jack stands. God knows. He knows. Galatians 5.16 says, But I say, walk habitually, this is the Amplified again, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit, seek Him, and be responsive to His guidance, and then you will certainly not carry out the desire of the sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard for God and His precepts. Isn't that true? That's how our flesh is. It's impulsive. Peter was impulsive. He would just say stuff just he you know just go off and say stuff without thinking about it. Nobody in this room's guilty of that, right? <laughs> I'm not raising my hand cuz I'm not guilty. Just trying to get you to raise yours. <laughs> Didn't work. That's a good thing. And so we this is what we're telling that new convert. It it's going to be a struggle at first. It's okay. You know when you when you start teaching somebody a Bible study, when you start ministering to somebody, you need to realize that you're you're pretty much married to that person for a while in a sense. You need to be. They need you. Not just to teach them one Bible study and then come here and sit them on a pew and say, "Okay, there you go." Because the first church I attended wasn't one of a UPC church, but that's what they did. I got the Holy Ghost and then they sat me on the pew and said, well, there you go. Just sit there and receive teaching and we'll just, it'll come. Nobody sat me down and said, this is what you got. This is how it happened. And this is what you need to do next. Nobody did anything like that. And when you know it, I left. (laughs) Because nobody taught me. But I thank God for that. 'Cause the next Pentecostal style church I found myself in was the United Pentecostal Church in Okinawa, Japan. And I believe that was by God's design. So he was preparing me, taking me in little steps. Perfecting holiness. Perfecting holiness. Holiness is a lifestyle. It's something that you just it's a lifestyle that you live it. It's a mindset. Separation is what holiness is, right? Right? Separation. It is. That's what holiness is. Separation. I don't have to do it. I get to do it. I'm doing it to please my Father. God, if you don't want me to wear that, I won't wear it. If you don't want me to go to the gym anymore and and flex myself in front of the mirror, I'll quit doing that. Because that's one of the things he, he took away from me. He said, who? He was like, who's getting the glory? I was like, okay, I'll quit today. <laughs> Point taken, right? Because yeah, it's God's body, but I'm glorifying myself in that. So he had to take that away from me. And I walked away from it willingly. I wanted to be saved. I didn't want to be lost. Philippians 4, 6-8 says, be careful for nothing. In other words, don't worry about anything. Don't let the word don't let worry be even in your vocabulary. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with Thanksgiving, there's a lot going on there, right? Prayer and supplication. pray about it and then thank God that he's going to take care of it because you've cast it right? You're not worried about it. Let your request be made known unto God and it's not like he doesn't know. This is is what you're telling the new convert, because they've never prayed before. They don't know how to pray. So it behooves us to know how to pray and know what this says. So we can lead them to this and say, here, read this for yourself. See what this says? And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds. I don't have to worry about it. If this is a problem in my life, if I just cast it on Him, I don't throw it in my pond of peace, my pond of peace stays peaceful. If I throw that in my pond of peace, I don't have peace anymore. If I hang on to that thing, it's not for me to hang on to it. Casting all your care upon Him, the Bible says, for He careth for you. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. The Amplified verse 8 says it like this. Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's Word, important whatever is pure and wholesome whatever is lovely and brings peace whatever is admirable and of good repute if there be any ex- if there is any excellence if there is anything worthy of praise think continually on these things center your mind on them and implant them in your heart garbage in garbage out whatever you're whatever you're focusing your mind on and thinking about that's what you're going to be that's why he said gave us that list that's why he gave the church that list Paul was encouraging the church Paul had to learn that himself that new convert that you're teaching that Bible study to they need to learn that because they've been trained in this world to to worry about everything and be freaked out and worried and concerned about everything. And when they realize that they don't have to do that anymore, I can just cast that on the Lord and he'll take care of it. When they start learning that and understanding that, they're going to they're going to just grow by leaps and bounds. And I'm telling you right now there's people out there that are hungry for this. They want to know this right here because they don't have any peace in their life. They don't have any peace. Lesson 10, the New Testament Church. Everybody say that's us. Who wrote the book of Acts? Man, we got a lot of Bible scholars in here. (laughs) Luke wrote the book of Acts. From approximately A.D. 50 to 100, the apostles and their associates wrote the books of the New Testament to record the gospel message as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. So these are literally the words of God. In the Old Testament, you see the term Ten Commandments. That, If you dig down and drill down, that word commandments means words. So it's the ten words of God. Anybody ever had somebody stand up in front of a church and say, God gave me a word for this church? It's not just one word. It's a it's like a small message, like a prophecy or something, right? That's what the, that's what was happening. God was speaking through these men and he was instructing them to write it down. Does that happen today? You go to general conference, there's tables full of books of that men have written that God's told them to write this and put it in a book. So he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever, right? Praise God. Fellowship. The new believers desire to be taught the word of God by the apostles. Everyone who was committed has committed his life. To Jesus Christ, must make every effort to hear and study the Word of God. The Word of God gives us the foundation we need to stand upon. Every believer needs faith, which comes by what? Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. Hearing it from a preacher preaching it, or a teacher teaching it, or hearing it from yourself reading it. Hearing it in your mind. You've got to hear it for yourself. I had to hear this gospel message just like you did for myself. And I had to respond to it for myself. But once we got into the church, once we got saved, everything changed, didn't it? Everything changed from a Friday to a Monday. Everything changed, right? A phrase in the book of Acts that describes the life of the early church is that all that believed were together. I was entered into a family. I joined the family of God. And there was a long period of time, probably six months or longer, where I slowly but surely, as God directed me, I had to start shedding some of my old friends. You know, I used. To, I know I used to do that. I know I used to, but I can't do that. I don't, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm living a different life now. God's delivered me from that. If you, you can come along with me if you want, but I'm not going back to that. Does that sound familiar to people here? Right? And so there was a little bit of a struggle there for a while because I had really no deep, meaningful relationships with anybody in the church yet. So it was kind of a barren land there for a while. But by and by, as the church people started adopting us in and making us a part of the family, I didn't really miss that as much anymore. Y'all feeling what I'm talking about? I started missing that less and less. As I was walking away from that, the further I walked away from it, the less familiar it became to me. The more I walked with this group over here, the more I started acting like them. That's, that's by design. That's why they were together and had all things common, the Bible says. And the Bible says that they went from house to house, breaking bread and having fellowship. Did it not? That's what it's going to take. <laughs> you might not ever get them to come to this building. There's a lot of people out there that are very averse to coming to a building for church in this generation but you could very easily get them to come to your house or meet you at a coffee shop. And you buy. Every time. You're investing in their soul. You're investing in the kingdom. You don't think God will give you that back? Well, I don't have it. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Your father's got it all. If he's calling you to do something like that, don't don't look at your checkbook and say, I don't have it. Just say, okay, God, what is that you say? Your will, your bill. Right? If it's his will, it's his bill. What if God tells this man to go buy a piece of property down the street somewhere and build a church building? And he goes, we don't have the money for that. And if God told him to do it, it's not us—not for us to question how it's going to be done or how it's going to be paid for, is it? Right? If God said do it, He's already got that part all worked out. So we have to invest our time, of our time and our effort, our money, our everything, for the kingdom. Because if you look back at your own life, somebody invested time, money, and energy. In their own time for you to make sure that you were taught these good things. Amen. After the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, the church kept praying. The church needs to keep on praying. We have a young man sitting downstairs right now, and it's a direct result of prayer. Period. Nobody's knocked on anybody's door that I know of around here, have you? Nope. He came here of his own volition. You don't think God sent him here? I do. I absolutely know God sent him here. When he stood out there on that porch Wednesday and said that to me, I just felt the Holy Ghost. (laughs) God's doing that because we're praying. Oh my goodness, if we turned up the prayer, what would happen? Just It just staggers the imagination, if you think about it. Because what did he say in his book? That he would do what? Exceeding, abundantly, above all we can ask or think use your just go down just dig down to your wildest imagination and try to imagine us in a half a million dollar million dollar two million dollar building that ain't never going to happen and natural but he can do that and he can do it so that we don't even have to pay the note he could just give us a building he can tell he can tell some landlord somewhere Wake a guy up that don't even have the Holy Ghost and say, I want you to go see this man. His name is Rob Becker, and I want you to give him that building. God can do that. He's going to do that. He's sending people from other church denominations that don't have a pastor to talk to people that aren't even licensed preachers and telling them, can you be my pastor of our church? Lutheran church? And they're going, well, yeah. But I just want you to know I'm going to teach you this, 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 and this. And they're going, yep, that's fine. (laughs) It's not man doing that. I'm waiting for him to do it right here in this city. Aren't you? (laughs) Persecution of the church. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Anybody remember Stephen in the Bible? So there with the church in Acts chapter 6. The church was increasing so rapidly that the apostles recognized the value of sharing responsibilities. Everybody getting to work. Everybody. All hands on deck, as they say, right? All right. They could not do the relief work and still spend adequate time in prayer and preaching and teaching. The word of God. Seven men were chosen to lighten the load of the apostles. One of these men was Stephen. What was the, what was Stephen's qualifications? He was full of faith and power, probably full of the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, right? He not only did the specific job, God job God gave him, but he looked for other opportunities to serve. Needs to be our attitude, right? God can always use someone who is this kind of has this kind of outlook. Stephen's work was so outstanding that he was picked as, tar- as, the, as a target by the enemies of the rapidly growing church. So I like to look at it like this: Stephen was called to preach. He preached his first message and was stoned to death, and that was the beginning and the end of his ministry. <laughs> no retirement plan. <laughs> No golf courses, nothing. Stephen just got stoned for the sake of the gospel after his first message. It was a doozy. And God gave him what to say and it had profound effects beyond his death. The church was being persecuted. Saul, I already talked about Saul at the beginning. He was the... uh, the Jewish religious thug of the day. He was their thug that they were sending out to just, hey, he was hailing people, the Bible said, and dragging them off to prison. Men and women, it said. He didn't care. <laughs> you were a woman, he just grabbed you by the hair and dragged you down the street. If you were one of them Jesus people. Can anybody in this room even imagine that? We could do it. We could do a lesson like I could do a, a like a live object lesson right here in the front of the church if you want. No nobody volunteering. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. I just knew it. <laughs> so let's suffice it to say that the church was persecuted. Why? Because they were going against the grain of the religious traditions of the Jews. They were they were just Jesus did the same thing when He walked on the earth. He challenged every tradition they had. Why? Because it was tradition. Like that song on Fiddler on the Roof. Tradition! Right? Jewish people. So, shouldn't we be experiencing that? Because we're standing for something that is totally against everything that anybody in the in the natural and in the religious world, wants to believe today. We are just like Jesus when he came out of that carpenter shop for the last time and closed the door. He was obscure until that day. And then from the day he hit the street, that's all he did was get persecuted. Right? Everywhere he went, he tried to minister to people they'd persecute And they'd give him all kinds of grief and say, who do you think you are? And all kinds of stuff to him. And all he was doing was trying to help people. We should be experiencing the same thing. But the amazing thing is that, as I said earlier, God will send persecution. He'll send things to us to get us to wake up. But He won't drag you out of bed kicking and screaming. He will not. If you don't want to get out of your comfort zone, after a while, He'll just leave you there. He'll go find somebody else like Stephen that's willing to work. I don't know about you, but I'm will I'm willing to work. God's hearing me say that right now. <laughs> Everybody ever heard? Be careful what you pray. Well, I I don't want to be careful. Bible said, "Be careful for nothing." We need to be busy about our Father's business. We need to. Paul used the Lord used a guy like Peter, just a guy that was just like. He was not at the top of his class. He was not the most likely to succeed. He was impetuous. He would just fly off the handle. But God used him. He lied and he 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 actually denied the Lord. And God still used him. So even if you mess up really bad and you just the devil tells you there's no way God can use you, you just tell the devil he's a liar. God will still use you. Or either that or he's got to go apologize to. You know what I'm saying? You follow what I'm saying? Acts 10:33 through 35 and it says immediately they sent. Therefore I sent unto thee. Uh, he's talking. This is Ananias going to Paul, and he said, "Thou hast done well that thou art come. Thou therefore are we all here present before God." Oh no, this is Peter going to, uh, to Cornelius. Uh, To hear all these things that are commanded thee of God. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. This is what I was wanting to get to. But in every nation he feareth him, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Isn't God faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness? Even if we mess up five minutes from now, he's faithful and just. He's our advocate. Doesn't the the book of 1 John say that? But we have an advocate, Jesus Christ the righteous. There's people out there, folks, today. There's somebody that's waiting for you to teach them a Bible study. There's somebody that's waiting for you to get out of your comfort zone. And one of them is him. Let him lead you. Let him guide you. Let him direct you. It's not, it, it probably won't go like you think. But let him lead. Let it happen according to God's will. And just see what God will do. Amen? 1030. Everybody stand. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. For your goodness, mercy, and grace. For your wisdom.